0: You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. Late last week, in the middle of the night, Senate Republicans pushed through a major overhaul of America's tax system. It's one of the biggest reshufflings of the American economy we've ever seen, and yet— Senators didn't really even get a chance to read what was in the bill. We know that it includes a major cut in the corporate tax rate. It gets rid of the individual mandate that supports Obamacare. And it makes changes to how we treat so-called pass-through corporations. It would also increase the national deficit by more than a trillion dollars over a decade, according to the estimates. What would this mean for the economy? And is this a fiscally conservative or responsible bill. What would it mean for you? We're going to spend some time now talking about specifically about that bill with Sheikha Dalmia, who is a senior analyst at the Reason Foundation. Uh, she identifies herself as a as a libertarian. Uh, I would call her a conservative, but we've had that. <laughs> <laughs> We've had that argument before. We're not going to do that again today. Uh, but, uh, Sheikha, I want to start just with your reaction to the bill itself, the process that it went through in Congress to to, to pass both houses, uh, and whether you think this makes any sense.
1: Well, uh you know, talking about the process, I was listening to Sandy Levin in the waiting room, mm-hmm. and it was interesting. He was complaining about the process of yeah. this bill, which I completely endorse. On the other hand, I was also recalling the process that was followed when Obamacare was passed. And, uh, you know, that was a pretty awful process, too. In what the, was
0: awful about that?
1: Well, first of all, it was extremely partisan. Uh, was. They did not reach out at all. They didn't get a single Republican vote, and they didn't really try. Well, A second but, of all... Except that the
0: president... <laughs> (laughs) went to Congress and met with senior Republicans for hours to talk about the bill. Right. No,
1: look, I mean, yes. And uh, yeah, he did that nominally. But in terms of actual compromises, (laughs) no, in terms of actually revising the bill in order to get maybe a vote or two from the Republicans, he didn't, you know, he didn't go that far. They used all kinds of accounting gimmicks, smoke and mirror, you know, double counting Medicare savings, paying that to, you know, using them to pay doctors, even as they were not really uh, cutting the Medicare budget. Same thing that we are doing now. Yeah. And uh, ultimately, they ended up using a reconciliation, right, uh, to get the whole thing through, sure. because, uh, you know, they needed to attach amendments to get two packs vote at that time. Uh, you know, if you remember the whole Cornhusker kickback, uh, you know, so there was, the process was horrible,
0: Sausage making. That's sausage? Always,
1: well, no, but I mean, yeah, but so that's kind of what everybody. not.
0: Been. it's not that different on either side. I mean, I right, agree. That, exactly.
1: And so that's what's happened. But no, I mean, I think Obama cared crossed a few boundaries at that time and republicans have crossed even more now so you know all said and done democrats at that time actually had 60 votes in the senate right yeah. republicans have only 50 so they have star they have started the reconciliation process even you know further uh, you know closer yeah. closer to the whole sausage making process i actually think it
0: i actually think it, this bill probably has more of a chance of not being reconciled than than most major pieces of legislation because of the Oh, you mean in in conference? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, You know, I don't know. I mean, I I think it's going to go through. I think that's what the smart money is saying right now. I mean, Jonathan Chet of the New Yorker had a piece, uh, you know, putting the odds at 85, 90 percent. And not to say that's a good thing, but I think uh, that's going to happen. To me, the bigger problem is uh, the political road that the Republicans have gone down in this, right? Um, they uh, you know, uh, this bill is going to blow up the deficit. Yeah, they have been complaining about deficits and debt forever for 35 you know? years at least. For 35 years, politics. this is what made you know Paul Ryan who he is, as you well know. This was his you know signature issue, mm-hmm. and uh, they have, I think pretty much given up on that for the for the foreseeable future. In your and my, you know, lifetime, I don't think we will have, you know, we will now be able to see the Republican Party go back to its issue of cutting deficits and yeah. debt. And that's a huge problem for me. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, the CBO score says that even with dynamic scoring, um, there'll still be a trillion dollars. Actually, it'll be a lot more because the CBA, CBO has to score the bill the way it is right now right. and which has the individual tax rates expiring in, what, 2025 mm-hmm. or 27, mm-hmm. right? And... We know they are going to want to extend that, right? I mean, so
0: you're not going to be able to put it back. They're not right. People have have what they're giving
1: them. They're right. I mean, or you know, there'll be a huge political fight, and they are going to want those. So that's not being scored. And as you pointed out, Medicare. I mean, they are not going to cut Medicare. You know, they are assuming they will, but they are not going to cut Medicare. So I mean, you know. I think the actual math of this is much, much worse that we see on paper right now. Yeah.
0: You know, I asked the congressman the same question. You look at the polls, 49% of Americans say they don't like this bill. And and a good percentage of them say they don't necessarily even think a tax cut is the thing that the Congress ought to be focused on right now. What is driving this? If If that many people are against it, that, you know, this is not a popular administration. This is not a popular Congress. Seems like the, the political instinct should be to be running toward the things that people say they want fixed, but they have been uh, laser focused on this and getting it done before the end of the year. What, what, what is the what's the motivation, you think?
1: I mean, a couple of things. I mean, first of all, I think the one bright side of this bill, and you and I will disagree on this, I know, is that it. Uh, cuts corporate tax rates from 35 to 20%. Uh, You know, America has had the highest corporate rates in the civilized world, And by a lot. I mean, not just by a few percent. Yeah. right. But yeah, but it matters. I mean, I understand that the effective tax rate on corporations is not that high, but there's a deadweight loss to the economy when, you know, corporations have to engage in this evasion behavior. You know, they end up being accountants and lawyers instead of using that money to actually, you know, invest in something that consumers would want. So, I mean, I think most economists would agree that that's not good for the economy. So A real bright side. On the other hand, uh, you know, uh, when it comes to individuals. They haven't done a whole lot, right? I mean, uh, the individual tax rates are going to expire in six or seven years. Uh, you know, I uh, you know I would have preferred a tax code that expands the tax base. This bill doesn't do, it doesn't that. do that. It doesn't do that. Um, you know, they are uh, going to, They you know, I like the fact that they are taking away some of the deductions because that makes the tax code much more complicated and, uh, you know, and what keeps uh, accountants in business. Uh, on the other hand, you know, so they're taking away salt, right? The mm-hmm. state and local deductions, mm-hmm. which is ca- kind of fine with me. On the other hand, in those states, the top income uh, payers are now going to have an effective tax rate of over 50%. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's punitive. Yes. And the only reasons are now to come to the politics of it. Why are they doing it? Because they see as pretty much hurting democratic states blue states and they don't care about them and that's a problem to me yeah um
0: uh, yeah and, and and i'm not sure i'm not sure that their calculations even there make much sense i mean if you think of uh, Republican enclaves in California, right? Yeah, there aren't there aren't a few of them. There are right. quite a few. Right. Um, uh You know, why punish those people along because they live in a blue state? I mean, there's there's a lot of counterintuitive political behavior. Right. I think, No, at, absolutely at, at play here. And I wonder if it's a reflection of the instability in the White House. There's a sort of volatility in the White House. Has he has uh, the, the president's behavior sort of reset? even the way that the Congress is thinking about uh, politics and governance right now?
1: You know, it's hard to uh, assess what, the, you know, what the Trump effect is on this, except that they had a lot of pressure from the White House to get something done. On the other hand, Trump has no head for you know, wonkery. Right. I mean, he doesn't understand the details. He doesn't understand what the consequences are going to be. He doesn't understand the math and he doesn't care to understand any of that. Right? And, uh, you know, so, um, uh, so what effect he's actually had is just hard to say because he hasn't been a great salesman for, you know, for this bill. Um, you know, on the other hand, uh, uh, the the one political consequence that they are not factoring in is that, you know, their calculation right now is we cut corporate taxes and we get growth. And that could happen. Uh, whether it'll happen to the extent that it'll deal with the problem of, you know, middle class wage stagnation, right. you know, we don't know. It could. I'm not as pessimistic yeah. as Sandy Levin is. Well, but it hasn't.
0: Uh, I mean, but- I think uh, the best guide there is history we've done this before not once but many times and it has never grown wages that's
1: that's not exactly correct i mean there was uh you know the, uh, uh, we did cut inflation when reagan was um, implemented his tax cuts you know he dealt with both inflation and tax cuts and we did get a very long period of growth now you can say we also got deficits at that time
0: we got deficits, we got but, got we deficits also, we, but
1: we also did get a very
0: long period of growth but we had but, wage, we've had wage stagnation since then
1: No, wage stagnation actually has happened in the last 10 years. The wage stagnation actually started happening after the Great Recession, and it has not recovered since then.
0: But if you compare wages now to the 70s and 80s and adjust for inflation, they haven't grown nearly as much as... Corporate profits, for instance, have grown. Right? Well, I mean, I mean there I are think, all these great charts think, out there that that show this this widening of that gap. That as we cut taxes and gave more opportunity to corporations to make money, not a bad thing. Uh, it, wages have not kept pace in any way in terms of that growth.
1: Well, I think uh, there are a couple of responses to that. One, the the inflation index doesn't look at a whole lot of things. And one thing that it doesn't look at is the cost of healthcare, which has sure. increased has so much. Yep. And so, uh, uh, you know, the wages that people would have been getting as like cash or income payments, they are getting as benefit payments just because the cost of health care has gone up so much. And that's a huge problem, which this bill does nothing to actually solve. Help. Actually, right. I think, uh, you know, as I wrote... Uh, in my column today removing the individual mandate which I'm actually in favor of uh, but the way they have done it in the short run and in, even in the long run it's actually going to increase premiums. It's going to make so that problem is people, just yeah. going to get worse. Yeah. And in terms of the growth look if you uh, you know if the growth is at the price of raising the debt and the deficit you are creating a future drag on the economy. Yeah. You are sacrificing future growth for current growth. So the political mandate is extremely short-term, right? I mean, they just want to get through the next midterm elections, and I'm not sure it's going to really help them all that much. Yeah, yeah. All
0: right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to continue our discussion about the Republican tax bill. We want to hear from you. Three one three five seven seven one zero one nine is the number on the phones. Jeff on the east side, Susan in Birmingham. We'll get to you next. We'll be right back on Detroit Today. You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. My guest is Sheikha Dalmi, a senior analyst at the Reason Foundation. We are talking about the Republican tax bill, which passed the Senate late last week, now heads toward a conference committee between the Senate and the House to try to figure out whether they can iron out their differences and send it to the president's desk. What do you think about that tax bill? What do you think about the things that it does? What do you think about the things that it doesn't do? And do you support the idea that Republicans are doing this, focusing on this so intently right now? Do you think maybe there are some other things they might do in Washington to make life a little easier or better for people in this country? If you want to join the conversation, 313 577 1019 is the number on the phones. That's 313 577 1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put your comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. And we will work you into the conversation. Let's go to Paul in Oakland Township. Paul, welcome to Detroit Today. Yeah,
2: thanks. Uh-huh. Um, I just want to point out something about growth. We keep talking about the tax cut stimulating growth. Mm-hmm. And we all know that you can only stimulate growth in one of two ways, increase productivity mm-hmm. or add more people. Yes. We've, corporate profits have been just astronomically high in this recovery. And I haven't seen investments to increase productivity. In fact, productivity has been lagging at less than 1% since the recovery. Right. So there's not that investment taking place, even though the money's there. And the second part is we're running an unemployment rate of 4.1% and an aging population. So where are we going to get the people? <laughs> so if we're not getting investment for productivity and yeah, we, we don't... don't have the people,
0: right.
2: and then we turn around and close the borders, you're not even going to have immigration. I just don't see how you're going to get Growth
0: by giving the tax cut. Yeah, Paul, I'm absolutely on your side there. I think I think it's a a very dubious case. Uh, Shika, you 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 see it slightly differently, I think. Well,
1: no, I mean I agree with the part about uh, you know growing the population. I mean, you know, no country grows uh, economically when it has a shrinking population. Right. And uh, so, you know, what this administration is doing in terms of not just building the so-called wall, which is going to be horribly expensive, right. and that's mm-hmm. the next big fight that we are going to be in later this week, in fact, when the government funding bill uh, is uh, negotiated. Uh, you know, but yeah, I mean, they uh, America's population is declined and they want to cut back on legal immigration at the same time, which is insanity. Mm -hmm. And especially since we know legal immigration... Uh, you know, especially of the high-skilled variety has given us the kind of productivity gains that we, you know, that we have. I mean, look, again, I'm not uh, pessimistic about uh, the cuts in corporate uh, rates actually increasing, uh, if not the productivity, but as I said, the dead weight, taking off a dead weight loss from the economy and actually growing the economy. And given that we are at full employment or near full employment, I think the effect may well be felt, uh, you know, on the wage front uh, you know, this I mean, time uh, I, I hope
0: um, you're right I, I, I think Paul's point though is that we have a very recent example of massive corporate profit growth with little or no wage growth. And and so what's the what's the argument? Well, that says,
1: w- w- well, one of the arguments is that we've had a profit growth of corporations, but they are not bringing those profit backs over here, right? Because of the high corporate tax rates that they have to pay, and also the fact that they have to pay their taxes on you know their entire global earnings, which is one of the things that this tax bill actually fixes for corporations is it goes uh, from a worldwide system of taxation to a territorial system. You know, again, we were the only country on the planet uh, which had a worldwide system. And that was a huge barrier to returning these investments and, in you know, our revenues and investing them productively in the yeah. economy. We'll and this is going to fix do. that. Yeah. And we'll, we'll see, see how much, much they, do. they do that. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, you know, but that doesn't mean that that's the only fact. You need capital, but you also need labor uh, in order to gain, uh, raise productivity, and uh, this administration doesn't seem to be interested in the latter part, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, yeah. Paul, uh, thanks very much for the call and the comments. Let's go to Ruby in Ferndale. Ruby, welcome to Detroit today. Hello. Hey.
2: I I am very frustrated because these conversations never incorporate the fact that U.S. corporations are heavily invested in prison labor whether it's in the stock or in the products and this idea that if we give them the tax break they're going to bring jobs back it's just a scam they are heavily invested in the prisons and that stock is going through the roof
0: and and what you're saying is that they're using prison labor instead of Yes, uh, instead
2: uh, of employing yeah. Americans who are out on the, you know, looking for jobs.
0: Yeah, uh, Ruby, it's a it's a great point. I, I guess I'm not sure to what extent that is, uh, you know, affecting employment. But but uh, you know, the truth is, we've got a, a very low unemployment rate right, right. now. Uh, it's not uh, – em- employment is – it's not that it's not an, an issue. It's not the issue, I think, that's holding the economy back. It's wages. Uh, although I do think that there is a very strong case to be made that corporations probably prefer – prison labor where they can get it because it's a lot cheaper and you don't have to worry about wages uh, at all there. So
1: Yeah, um, I'm not just not sure how huge a problem in it, just in, in terms of I mean, the it's a moral numbers. problem. It's a moral different. problem. Right. Yeah. I agree. It's a moral problem. I just don't know how much of an actual problem it is. Yeah. And yeah, I'm opposed to corporations being able to rely yeah, on prison labor. And, right.
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ruby, though, thanks very much for the call. Jeff on the east side, you're up next on Detroit Today. Hi, Steve and hey. Ruby. Mm-hmm.
2: This bill is a moral problem in that, you know, to a large degree, it is Michigan on steroids. When they pass that bill to lower taxes here, you see how they shredded education, cash assistance. You see how they taxed the seniors. Mm-hmm. Just wait until this bill go through and see how much they go after the food stamps as well as we already know the Medicare as well as Medicaid, yeah. it's Michigan on steroids. And for it to happen, you know, with these millionaires, I mean, I look at our governor. The governor was reelected. The year he was reelected, he paid zero federal taxes, just the AMT. I think yeah. his income was something like three hundred eighty-two thousand. He wrote off four hundred and twenty-five thousand with a zero effective <laughs> yeah. oh, tax rate. Jeff, Jeff, it's already expected that Donald Trump's doing the same right. thing.
0: Jeff, I think that's a great point. In I, in we're going to, yeah, we're going to run out of time, so I want to give Chica a chance to to respond. We have seen Michigan is a is an interesting parallel here. We cut corporate taxes dramatically, but we also gutted. Really vital services like education. We made uh, tax increases for seniors. Uh, The the costs of this are the things that, that people don't talk about, and it's the social and human costs that I think are more important.
1: Yeah. Well, first of all, you know, during the grand home years, uh, the economy wasn't doing very well. I mean, it, you know, when she left no, and Rick poor, right? Snyder, it was doing extremely, I mean, the country was in, I mean, I remember I was at the news at that time, right? And our unemployment rate was always several points over the national Almost average. And percent. we were in the re- in a recession just much, much, much longer than the rest of the country. So obviously, uh, you know, Rick Snyder's uh, tax cuts have had some effect, uh, you know, but um, the Mich- national economy, but, but you the know, Michigan
0: economy along. Too. Well, th-
1: no, but yeah, but uh, you know, during the Grand Home years, I'm comparing Michigan's economy to the national sure. economy. At that time, it was a whole lot worse. It was worse, and now it's a little bit better. And so it seems that something has worked. Uh, you know, when it comes to cutting the social welfare state, I mean, I think you know here in a weird kind of way. Uh, these tax cuts are taking us to the European model, uh, you know the Scandinavian model where the corporate tax rates are low and the individual tax rates are high mm-hmm. uh, to support a very large um, you know social welfare system. Mm-hmm. And you know Republicans will hate to hear this, but kind of that's what they've done here. It's an
0: interesting it's an interesting observation. All right, Chika a senior analyst at the Reason Foundation. Always good to talk to you here on Detroit Thanks for
1: having me. It was was a lot of fun. Yes,
0: that's going to do it for me today. I'll be back tomorrow. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's public radio station, community service of Wayne State University. We'll see you tomorrow.